My name is Sheldon Price. I like to force my friends to binge watch an entire franchise they've never seen, all in the course of one weekend. So join me in a journey of watching movies and destroying friendships along the way. This month, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Danny, as we watch the Underworld franchise. This is Ruin Your Weekend. We've finally reached the end of our binging session, having just finished Underworld Blood Wars. Mm. Was it a war for you to finish this movie? Uh, it was an uphill battle. Um, Blood Wars was, you know, similar to what I thought it would be about. I knew it was going to be somebody seeking somebody's blood. And yeah, they're fighting to get it. Although, um... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's another one that's immediately forgettable. Yeah. Like, as it's happening, like, something big happens, you're like, oh, wow. Okay, what just what was that that just <laughs> happened? Why did that just happen? <laughs> yeah, I think these movies are always struggling to really um, connect you to the story and the characters. But I actually really liked parts of this. There were yeah. some very good fight scenes. Like what? What, uh, what were some of your favorite fight scenes? Um, I like the fight scene outside the, um, the caves of the Northern Coven where Selene is fighting Marius. Yeah. That was a really good fight scene where they're on the ice and just kind of like punching each other and stabbing each other. That was really good. Yeah, it was unique. I liked seeing them like slide across the ice with, with weapons and kind of like bounce against each other. Cause usually you see them in tight quarters. Yeah. In like modern cities. Yeah. So it was neat seeing that in, uh, in that setting. Um, the final battle as well. It had some really cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially with kind of reinforcements coming in, those vampires that could kind of shift into mist and, and, and teleport, I guess, as you said, uh, which is your favorite thing in the world, right? Like, if you had a superpower, would you'd want, want to teleport. I just want to teleport. I just want teleportation. So that was really cool that there were vampires in this movie that could do that. And I know the criticism I had of the last one, the fourth one, was that they didn't really show anything new. Within yeah. this world. They didn't push the envelope within the world. They didn't present anything yeah, new and interesting. And I think that this one did in a couple ways with, um, yeah, teleporting vampires. Yeah. Um, but even also and they showing... made more uh, a big deal about people with her blood can walk in the sun. Daywalkers now are a real thing that other vampires are kind of confused about and envious of. Yeah. Well, what, what else did you like from this movie? Was there anything else that you really um, enjoyed? I think this movie had good characters and great actors. There were yeah. enough great actors in every scene that made me really pay way more attention to this movie than I did the last one. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it was good they brought back Charles Dance from the last one. Mm -hmm. uh, they brought back Divergent. I thought he was good. <laughs> What's his name? Um, yeah, ooh. he was good. Um, they had... Um, Tobias Menzies. Yeah, he was really, really good. He's I really so liked good. him as, a, as the werewolf. Um, by the end of this series, I think I'm totally team werewolf. Yeah? Yeah. You're all about, uh, the werewolves not, not on the side of the vampires? Yeah, the vampires are cool. They're very cool. They dress neat. They have nice looking houses. Yeah. But they're so weird and you cannot <laughs> trust them ever. So, like, even amongst themselves, they, like, betray and backstab all the time. It's just their thing. And I kind of feel like the werewolves... Sometimes there's somebody in the werewolves who's kind of, like, 
not super loyal working with the vampires. But for the most yeah. part, I feel like the werewolves are really about brotherhood and always working together in a way that the vampires never are. No, they're always and, conniving and backstabbing each other. So yeah, I think throughout this series, I am a little more team Lycan than I am a team vampire. I can completely understand that. Yeah, I mean, we don't get a lot of complex uh, werewolf characters. Usually it's just like relegated to being the villain of the movie. Yeah. But the werewolves that we do see you sympathize with them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the vampires you see, you're like, oh no, you deserve to die. Like, what are you doing? Well, also in this one, you get that they're setting up the Lycans to be, um, you know, the antagonists of the movie. They're, they're bad, but like their goal was to end the war. Yeah. And I think that that is a pretty decent goal. I mean, they were obviously killing a bunch of people and killing yeah, a bunch of vampires. Right. Fighting to the they death. They were trying to, to find Celine's daughter so they could get her blood to be more powerful, but I mean, maybe their motivation was to that they could finally like be more powerful than the vampires. Yeah. But they kept saying that their their motivation was to end the war, and I kind of think that's really cool. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, and much I mean, more interesting than the vampires who never seem to want to end the war. Oh like, yeah. Like they they, they like it. that it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was interesting. I mean, yeah, you're mentioning it has a bunch of great actors. This movie has four different people from Game of Thrones, Ooh. which is pretty crazy. Um, or, well, three people from the actual series. And, I mean, we have Charles Dance, mm. who played Tywin Lannister. Yeah. And then we mentioned Tobias Menzies, who is Edmure Tully. Yeah. And then James Faulkner was Randall Tully. Mm. Uh, Randall Tarley. Sorry, not Tully. Uh, Sam's dad. Yeah. Um, and then um, Laura Pulver, who is Samira in this film is in um, the Telltale game series, Game of Thrones. Oh, cool. So technically, she's kind of of that universe, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, they really went out of their way again. the One of the best things about this franchise is that they really connect with a lot of great British actors. Mm -hmm. They bring in some phenomenal talent. Yeah. And put them in, like, a schlocky blockbuster action movie. Yeah. This was probably a lot of fun for them to make. Oh, I'm sure. And I bet they get, like, a decent little paycheck and can go back to making, like, yeah. the, the nice uh, small movies that they want. They walk around in cool clothes. So, yeah. I don't know. It seems like not a bad gig for an actor. <laughs> so, our, we mentioned some of the things you liked. What did you not like about this movie? Because mm -hmm. I know you weren't as big of a fan. Like, the first one you liked a lot. And I could tell you weren't as engaged with a lot of the dialogue or the action, the, uh, the um, story of this one. I think, uh, I didn't like that the daughter, Celine's daughter, which was a plot point I hated from the fourth one. I just didn't get it or connect with it at all. Um, I hated that she, the daughter was a big part of this movie, but you never see her. Yeah. So it's like, like either don't have her at all yeah. or make her a big part of it. Yeah. She just was gone, but they kept mentioning her and mentioning her. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, especially if you're making a big thing where she's like, I have a daughter and you lost your daughter. Yeah. And it's like, well, she barely had her. Like she was with her for like a couple weeks yeah. tops, you know, like, I don't know. It's a very weird thing to try to... connect, really. Yeah, and to pull on our emotions where we're like, I guess she's a mom, but yeah. if you're frozen for, like, the entirety of your child's raising and then just hear that you have one... Yeah. I don't know how much 
of a parent you are to it. Um, yeah. yeah, it was that was a, a bit odd. I didn't like that either. These movies have a lot of complicated um, child and father relationships. Yeah, a lot Pretty of daddy issues. Every in these. single one has yeah an issue where like someone is kind of at odds with their dad. So. Yeah. So let's let's talk about yeah kind of the the series as a whole then. What uh what is the best kind of father um or parent relationship in this uh in this film, father child? What do you mean best? Most like, interesting? Are, yeah, which one is most interesting um, to you in the whole franchise? Like which one did you really like the most I or like connect with? In the first one, how Celine really does regard Victor as a father yeah. and she wakes him up because he chooses, like, she attempts to wake him up, but he chooses to come back and wake up. Yeah. To, because he's concerned about, you know, what she's saying, and I think he really does care for her. Um, but then he is like, no, but you did a bad thing, you'll be judged. <laughs> um, and I also, I really do like, the more I think about it, I really do like that third movie, Rise yeah. of the Lycans, and I do like, um, Sonia and Victor's relationship in that. Where he was like, you are my daughter, you're my pride, I love you. But then, yeah, he just chooses to execute her Oof. for disobeying. And and I think that the way that it's filmed and the way that Bill Nye, he plays it, it makes it very powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's not heartless. Yeah. He's just so, his conviction is so strong for his beliefs. And that's really cool. I thought about playing that one first in our binge session. Since... Chronologically, just, it comes first. I was just thinking how cool it would have been to kind of see Rise of the Lycans first. Yeah. And then go back. Like, I, I kind of need to watch the first one now. Now that yeah. I see where Lucian came from, I would really like to watch that one again. And I thought about it for a while because that's kind of what I did with Steve and our Fast and the Furious franchise. Mm. Um, I, I watched them in chronological order. Yeah. Because, I mean, they take place out of order, but there are scenes that I thought, okay... If you see the later movies first and then get this one, it would be a good, like, change of pace and we would learn more about this character that we like. I think... But in this one, I think the problem is that both movies spoil each other. Yeah, I was gonna say, I... It would have been cool to watch Rise of the Lycans first, but I also would not have cared as much about the characters from the first one. Yeah. If I had seen it, I, I don't know. So... Yeah, because yeah, I, I thought about it a of, lot. I think the third one, I really like it, but it relies so heavily on the first one for yeah. you to care on about you it. knowing who a couple of these characters are at least. Yeah. But then, yeah, if you knew of that kind of death scene where he's chained up and watching her get burned alive, then while you're watching Underworld, you're not going to care about that revelation because you're like, yeah, we know. Like, you're going to be watching her play catch-up the whole movie. True. Which I don't think would be as interesting. Yeah. Um, but speaking of all of them, how would you kind of rank these movies? Ooh, I wrote it down. Okay, okay. Um, number one, I think, is the best. Yeah. Um, not the best, wi- w- not the best made one of all of them. I think that the production quality of this last one... And of Rise of the Legends was very good. It all looked so good. And I think yeah. all the choices made for, like, blocking and the action sequences in, pe- in later ones are very good. So I have so many issues with the first one, but the story is so good that for me it makes it 
It has the strongest story. Yeah, it's the best by so, far. I agree. I really, I put the first one first. Okay. Um, second favorite, I think, is Rise of the Legends. I really liked it. Yeah. I would definitely sit down and watch it again. It's fun. It's dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's gloomy, but it's got Michael Sheen is just killing it in every scene, and Bill Nye, he's amazing. So, and then there was that, there were some really good scenes in the third one. Um, so yeah, number, the Rise of the Lycans is my second. Um, my third ranking, yeah. I'm really torn. Yeah, because then the next three are all kind of... I'm torn between two and five. Okay. Yeah, because I liked the second one for but some also... reasons, but it also wasn't as engaging. Yeah. But it was kind of fun, and it's kind of, for me, even with the fifth one, where the fifth one is like, I don't know. It's it's not the most engaging story, but the actors and characters are good. Yeah. So you kind of are interested. So I kind of put two and five, or a tie for number four, and, and then, then the fourth one is the, the last worst. one. I think is the worst. Yeah, one. it's so dull. It's so boring. I don't care about anything happening in it. No, it's just so slow <sighs> and plotting. And then the action scenes are happening, but you like you don't care about any of them. Ugh. Well, um, I mentioned to you that the critics tend to not rate these as highly as the audience. Mm, like audiences t- tend to like them, and critics hate them. That makes so much sense. Um, what do you would you guess? is the highest rated one on Rotten Tomatoes. And what would you say is its percentage? Ooh, I'm not going to be able to guess percentage. Um, I think the first one is probably... First one is the highest. Okay. Throw out a ballpark. Where, where do you think, around where, do you think the critics, who are normally like, they rate every movie that, that comes up. I'm going to say 54. They said 31%. Holy shit. And that's the highest rated one on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit. Yeah, they... Uh, What's the audience score? The audience score for that one is like 71. Okay, that makes um, sense. That yeah. sounds about right. So, um, yeah, the the audiences tend to... Or no, the first one, the audience is 79. The second one is 71. However, the second movie is the lowest rated critics mm. one. They hated that one the most. 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it's silly, but it's watchable. Yeah. And I mean, the rest of them aren't that high, but the second highest rated one by critics is Rise of the Lycans. I mm. think they at least appreciated a lot of the stuff. I, uh, that makes me really happy. And uh, something I know I mentioned to you as we are watching Rise of the Lycans, I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast, um, the woman who plays uh, Serena in that movie is, who or is Selena. Serena. Selena, rather. Who's Selena? She's instead of Kate Beckinsale. Sonia? Sonia. Wow. wow. It's been a, it's been a weekend. So the woman who plays Sonia, uh, her name is Rona Mitra, and he uh, she originally auditioned for the lead role, mm. and they were considering her for the lead. Interesting. And went with Kate Beckinsale, but then whenever they decided to um, to bring her in as, like, another character, Sonia, yeah. she got, like, a little bit piece in the second movie and then the third one. Really got That's a chance cool. to shine. I'm glad they did something like that. She like, was good. And she was good. I, I like that they keep bringing people back through this franchise. Yeah, that is very impressive. Like, the amount of... I did not know that Bill Nighy was in so many of them. I knew that he died at the end of the first one. And I was not expecting him to be back. Yeah. <laughs> and he's back for... Yeah, because he's in the beginning of the second one. Yeah. And then in the third one, he's in most of it. Yeah. Oh, he makes that movie. Uh. I really do love the third one. Me too. So, um, now that you've seen all of them, um, 
They they say that they're making another one. And Kate Beckinsale <gasps> says she's not going to do any more. Really? However, the producer, her ex-husband, is like, oh, yeah, she's definitely going to do it. So would you go see the oh, next one? Absolutely. Yeah? Now, yeah. so your your opinions kind of changed on them? Well, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I really like it. Like, I think these movies, <laughs> I think, are kind of dumb. Oh, definitely. But, like, they're awful dumb. They're fun. And I really like the world that they've established. I think I've talked about that so much. The, the, the world that the first movie establishes is very interesting to me um, with vampires and werewolves and... Yeah. You know, they have this history, but they're living in modern times. Like, I really dig it. So, yeah, and, I would totally go see another one of these. Yeah, and, and I love the idea of any time there is another world living within our society. Yeah, how they cool. operate, how they stay in secret. And um, I think you're right. Other than the fourth one, each movie does a lot to expand the world and adds a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you, you've got things like silver bullets and UV bullets, but then it turns into ultraviolet, like, grenades. Yeah. And in this movie, they've got these big old launchers that were, like, busting through the walls and bringing the light in. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, you've got the mist vampires. So, what do you think? What's next? What do you want to see in the next Underworld movie <laughs> that's the natural progression of this world, of these vampires or werewolves, of a weapon? I Where do they go? I actually think it would be really cool to see a movie... Where the lichens and the vampires have a shared enemy that they have to kind of come together yeah. to defeat. And they're not, like... the Humans, maybe? Maybe humans, but we got a bit of that in the fourth one and it yeah. wasn't great. It was boring. I mean, maybe humans, but, like, maybe even there's something else. Maybe there's another supernatural creature they could Ooh, bring yeah. in that isn't a form of vampire or werewolf. It's, like, something completely different. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be kind of cool if, yeah, the vampires and the lichens, they don't necessarily, like you know, they're not really at peace. They're not like, we're friends now. But they were like, hey, let's get together. Let's do this. Let's defeat it together. I think that would be really cool because then you yeah. could still have tension while they're up, working but... together. Uh-huh. But it would be kind of this like, we got to do it, man. Yeah. And, and that then, would be cool. And then what great British actor needs to join the franchise in the next one? Because they've got a lot of really good legendary mm-hmm. people. If you're bringing somebody new in... That is a great question. What if you bring in, like, Daniel Craig to be the lead werewolf? That would be interesting. I definitely see him as a vampire. Oh, you see him more as a vampire? he wouldn't yeah. even need those blue contacts. Yeah, he he already, his has, eyes are already he that already blue. He has the eyes. I think he would make a great vampire. Um, but yeah, maybe, I don't know, who could be in it that would be really good? Oh, um, who's the woman you really love from uh, Penny Dreadful? Eva Green? Eva Green. Mm. I mean, she looks like a vampire. She'd be a great vampire. Yeah. Yeah. That would be neat. I think that would be great. I think there are a lot of options. Um, I'm excited. I mean, like you said, this movie franchise is not amazing, but it's really fun. And, like, I'll definitely spend another movie in this world. Yeah. I'd go see it. Uh, I'd go see it. Um, <laughs> I have one last little uh, piece of trivia I meant to bring up yesterday. Um, I, was, I was going back through all of my notes for this. Um... The producer of the series tried to do a lot of homages, getting people in, and a lot of these people had played vampires or werewolves in other movies that they had been in, so it was kind of a fun nod to that where they get cast in a similar franchise, people um, from all sorts of of different vampire movies, and in the very first one, uh, Len Wiseman, the producer, was very close and almost got David Bowie 
to be like an actual big role in the mm, first movie. That would have been cool. But couldn't make it work because of uh, scheduling conflicts. Yeah. But in like in the eighties, he was in a movie called The Hunger. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, and so it's kind it's of it's a good vampire movie. Yeah. Yeah. We should watch it at Halloween. Okay. It's a good vampire movie in that it is, it's very stylized, um, David Bowie's amazing in it, but it also asks a couple questions about, um, aging. Like, you know how vampires, like, they live forever and they just stay that, yeah, so there's a couple of, um, I like when you introduce a supernatural creature like that, but you also kind of ask questions as to what would its existence actually be like. And the hunger kind of yeah. does that, so. Yeah, I like the idea it's a of good that. One. Not just the what it's like when it's a monster, but what's the day-to-day life of something yeah. like this? Or like, Whenever what you is live it that long. actually like to live that long? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the hunger's good. The hunger sounds good. Well, uh, everyone, check that out if, uh, if you want to see more vampires, if you're at the end of this franchise and want to see more. I always thought it was interesting, um, so I had never seen these movies, but I was a big fan of the Van Helsing movie with Hugh Jackman yeah. and Kate Beckinsale, and um, it's terrible. It's so stupid. But it's fun. But it's fun, and it's, it's, it's fun to watch. Um, so I always knew that she was in Underworld before, uh, before I saw Helsing, it. So when yeah. I saw Van Helsing, I thought it was interesting that she was, she's fighting werewolves and vampires in it. Yeah. It's kind of cool. She's hunting her kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you, Danny, for letting me put you through this. Um, at the end of yesterday, you seem to like it more. Um, now that we've done five movies... How ruined is your weekend? Uh, it's sufficiently ruined. Sufficiently ruined? It's you wish over. I hadn't have done this? Are I we going to stay married? Yeah, I, I am glad I watched these. Okay, good. I enjoyed them. I mean, I enjoyed... Just th- five is a lot. Three of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed four of them. Yeah. <laughs> In some capacity, so... Yeah, I'm pretty upset that uh, this has been my weekend, but I'm yeah. glad I watched them, and I, a couple yeah. of them I'll totally watch again. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad uh, I was able to show them to you because uh, I thought you would like parts of it, especially anything with Michael Sheen. Um, mm. So uh, tell our audience once more um, about our other podcast and where they can oh, find us. So you can find us um, Angle Files podcast on Instagram. Files, Files with an F. With an F. Um, that is our podcast, The Anglophiles. We review British TV and movies. We also try British snacks and read British news. Um, it's a blast. We have a decent little following now, and we actually have more British listeners than I ever thought we were, were gonna have. I thought we would mostly have Americans listening, but we're getting a lot of emails from British people, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. (laughs) It's fun. So yeah, check it out. All right, well, thank you, everyone, and I will see you next month whenever I ruin somebody else's weekend and lose (laughs) another friend. Bye. Bye.